The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled Hard Time. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. No, 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 don't touch it. What is that? Don't touch it. No, no. I think it's that part. That red light. That red light means we're recording, so it's on now. So you can. Are we on the radio? We're on. We are recording. Yes. Nice. All right. All right. How do we start this now? Introduce everyone. My name. Yes. My name is Gary the Blade Shanice, also known as the Prophet Gary Shanice, formerly Reverend Gary the Blade Shanice. I am here with my Sally. Giles, Giles Godwick. Godwick. My name is Giles Godwick. A uh, man of ill repute. I am also just like me. More, more notoriously known in the media as they uh, dubbed me in my time, my little fifteen minutes of fame as the Best Buy Killer. And now, I am <laughs> cellmates here with Gary the Blade Shanice. I have right. been in prison for two years. And He's still a young pup in here. I'm Still a young pup. I am young. I'm. I'm. I have learned a lot in my time here so far. I have much to learn still, especially from Gary. But we decided to maybe record what is called a podcast. I know Gary still doesn't are, understand what that word is, but coming into your cars, to your homes, we are on the radio. Essentially, yes, we're on the radio. You know, Ken, the guard, Ken, the guard. He got us all this gear. He, he hooked us yeah, up. Yeah, big props to Ken. Thank you. Ken's the best. Ken, you're the man. You're the man, Ken. He he's he can get us anything we need, really. Ken's just awesome. He's just he's a guy to get. Other guards don't like him. Makes makes him. Uh, we don't give him no trouble on Ken's shift. You know, Ken's there. We know it's gonna be smooth. Right, Ken. Ken. He keeps everything in line. You know, we take care of him. He takes care of us. And everything here, our life in prison here, I'd say is pretty good. Would I? I mean, am I wrong? It's, it's not bad. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, there's some things I wish. I could change, but you know, I have been here a long time, seen a lot of guards come through. Um, you know, by the time, you know, you know, Ken was even born when I landed in uh in federal supermax of Terra Hot. And uh I've been here thirty plus years. Um been a trustee most of those. Most of the time I don't get in trouble. It's not your first rodeo, really. Not my first rodeo. Uh, you know, when uh, it was about two years ago. Uh, my old Sally got released, saw Giles in the pit, saw him come up, looked like he was about to deck a guy, I told him he don't need to be do that, I took him under my wing, and ever since then, uh, been relatively smooth sailing, uh, smart kid. Well, yeah, you know the shoulders. old cliche, the old saying, you know, right when you, if you land yourself in prison, the first thing you do is you go up to the biggest guy you see, or the toughest guy you see, and you hit him in the face, and... You know, it turns out the biggest guy here, the scariest guy here, was Gary, and there was no way I was going to go up to him and do that. So, hey, you know, once you get some... to know me, I'm not that scary, you know. Well, he's built Real like a giant house. So, I am a pacifist. I I uh, don't condone any type of violent action. I have shed that identity a long time ago. Still, though, no, just looking at you is it's very intimidating. I would like to say, due to my exercise regiment, most of my muscle is focused on my back. From behind, I look like about a man of 25 at Olympic athlete level. And from the front, it's more mid-40s, still pretty good. 
You know, well, I got what those do you do? big. You do just push-ups, right? Or uh, push-ups, dips. Uh, you do sit-ups. You do, uh, you know, you know, pull-ups. Just mostly what you can get here. We don't have a lot of good weight equipment. Um, I don't like to go out in the yard a lot. I'm not seeing a lot in the yard, but um, you and know, so what, I don't do a lot of the weight sets. You're about two seventy. Um, yeah, about six two two seventy. Um, inexplicably olive skin, tan. Uh, rarely wear a shirt unless I'm preaching. Uh, but well, you have those nice. You know, there's you been a lot nice, of developments nice lately in the Gary Shinies world. But, well, you shed the, the nice, collar. You got rid of the collar. Now you wear more right. of like a dashiki type of piece. I don't know what. Right. I'm more. I, I have kind of disavowed traditional Western culture to embrace a more holistic, universal worldview. Well, you've changed your you've changed numerous times over the years. Even the two years I've been here with you and your religious views have, I don't want to say shifted, but have you've broadened them, you've strengthened them. So I've grown on them. Um, no man is an island, and I have been exposed to the world around me continuously, and I continue to adapt and evolve my theology. So what are you? What do you identify now as, Gary? I am a messenger of God of the Baha'i Faith. Okay. And if for those of you who do not know what the Baha'i Faith is, as I have preached this, I have converted multiple inmates and guards. Um, the Baha'i Faith is a fan fiction of all your favorite religions combined, and you got Jesus, you got Allah. You got Buddha, and they're all there, and they're all telling you to be a good guy. And they say that we should have one language that we all speak, and one culture, and everything will be nice and easy. And their temples are just pretty. They look like, you know, you know, they look like Tarkovsky movies, you know, things from that shit. They look kind of like ancient spaceships. I like the way they look, too. I think they're right. quite, I think they're quite tasteful. I haven't quite yeah. converted you yet but you know oh i'm i have you for a long time i simply believe i'm not ready to be on your level yet i am very willing i have done things i am not proud of things i thought at the time i believed was my vocation or my calling but i now believe that has changed since coming here and being blessed to be cellmates with gary the prophet and, you know, I am known in the press, in the papers, as the Best Buy killer. I would really essentially, to make it short, I would go to these Best Buys. I would go in there. I would use homemade EMP grenades to knock out the power in a Best Buy for about two minutes. And when it would come back on, someone would be dead. So I would use a pulse blade, which is a hyperspeed device that I would hide in a sleeve or in my pocket or something. And I would strike them in the heart with, like, you know, key precision and accuracy. Or in a major artery, and it would take, like, a single second, and then I'd be gone. I officially I like- hit, I hit about 12 Best Buys in the span of one year. And officially, in the court records, killed 10 people. I actually killed 29, though, but they, you know, I only needed to say 10, and they just... I keep telling that you, was enough Giles... Giles, not a contest, buddy. Not a contest. It was enough for the prosecutor, so. You know, sometimes I would I would play the Xbox display for a couple of hours to mem- mentally prepare myself to kill. Or, right. you know, I'd walk around in a, and I'd wear a blue polo and I'd sell expensive televisions or refrigerators to people. 
Like I, I, I even get a, one time I got a manager fired for sexual harassment and the general manager thanked me and he gave me a $15 gift card to the Mongolian grill. So it wasn't all it was bad. Pretty good. It was pretty yeah. good. Was- you did some good while you were there. And I'd like you to remember that as well as the 29 Sonic blade murders via EMP to gr- grenade. And despite the Indiana having the death penalty, I was not, I was unfortunately not sentenced to death, which I thought re- at the time really sucked because I looked like right. a huge, I looked like a huge pissy. Like, and I, I still, I think bitch. you need to let that go still, you know, you didn't get the death penalty. It's not a big deal. I know some of the guys were ribbing you, but come on, man, it's, you're, you're going to be fine. You know, you could always do something in here to get the death penalty. If you really wanted that bad, I got some gear. We can go down to the machine shop. It's fine. Well, I, you know, I, I just have the rest of my life to spend here and learn and grow with, you know, my good friend Gary here. I like to view the prison as sort of a monastery, right? And that we are provided with books and meals. We are provided with shelter. To me, this is almost a cloistered living in which we are given the opportunity to do not but study. That's kind of like a new meals button. from ramen That's a, like noodles. like a reset button for a lot of inmates and men that are brought here anyway Gary I said why the reason you know the people listening to this folks at home whole family listen to this I'm sure listen to hard time Terra hot federal supermax coming in at probably like was this 900 a.m. or is this going to truckers well this is a podcast this will be a podcast so you'll be able to get it on your computer on your phone and I know you don't understand it at the moment but yeah so I, I named my, my crimes that I'm paying for dearly and why I'm here, which, you know, I'm not going to argue. I should be here. Makes sense. But th- we haven't spoken about why you're in here, Gary. You haven't told the folks listening to the show why you're in here. It is a subject in which... And you still never told me. I grapple with... Every time I ask you, you kind of look away or you kind of give me like a gruff like... You know what, kid? Why don't we go get something to eat or something like that, you know? There are some things that are between you and the various gods in which you proselytize. And this is something that I will not share for the mortal realm. Well, I've heard, you know, over the years, I've heard so many rumors about why you're in here. Everyone knows who you are. No one messes with you. But you're still quite the mystery to some people. I heard... That Gary robbed a bunch of banks with a Tommy gun, and he ran out in his, you know, pinstripe suit, giant bags of money with a giant, you know, dollar sign on it. But I also heard he rode along trains with his, you know, gang of bandits on horses and robbed trains. Um, what was the other one? Oh, I heard he stole a pie that was on the windowsill of the White House, which I could. We got, we got a couple of those guys in here. Oh yeah, what was Fortunately, I will tell you I am not one of them. They're over in the like cell block. What is it? Cell block. Uh They have a whole cell block for those guys. Cell block Branson, the pie stealer. Usually weekenders, nothing to respect, no commissary. Nothing to even consider. They keep them in the minimum security wing. Yeah, they all have they I heard they have their own yard, like a little courtyard where they just uh they let them rough house and wrestle and they, you know, they'll throw on the frisbee. They'll wrestle. They'll play walking football. They all pee against Brand- the wall and laugh really hard right. together. Right. 
They're a gross lot. You can smell it every once in a while. You know, I make a lot of rounds through this jail. I know it pretty well. Um, a lot of people don't know where I am most of the time. But, you know, when you've been here as long as I have, 30, over 30 years, I won't get into specifics, but over 30 years, you know, you begin to figure out things um, about how this prison inherently functions. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten kicked out of the guard's break room. They get real cheesy with me there. Well, I mean, a lot of them owe you favors, so I think it's kind well, of... Well, uh, you know, it's not there's really a couple... There's a lot going on with me and the guards. A lot of heavy interpersonal relationships. Ken I respect, because he's so young, you know? Ken wasn't even born by the time I was here. If you actually line up certain conjugal visits that I've had with Ken's birth, it is a percentage chance that he is actually my progeny. Whoa. Well, I know you've... Uh, you've please, please don't let... Don't tell Ken that. You've been married to several women over the years. Right. Never met any of them. Right. Other than in jail. Oh, yeah. They write to you, and then they come and meet you here, and, you know, you have your... your little... They got that trailer out back. Yeah, right. they got that trailer out back that's got a uh, real kinky thing. It's got a futon in it. It'll break right near the middle. So it, has a big, kinda, it has those big neon yeah, signs inside it. It has that, that one that's big, in the window. There's that one that's in the window that says open when you're going to meet it someone. It has that big sweaty ass stain right there in the middle of that futon. And, you know, it stinks. It stinks like salt, and it it, it, it just needs a whole rinsing down. But, you know, that's probably from you. You probably use it more you know, than anyone. I, I use it when I am told, when I am summoned. You know, my general strategy is I don't seek this out, but when I have uh, cellmates and stuff or people that are about to leave, I'll be like, you know, describe to me the women that are in your life. And he'll tell me about his wife or his girlfriend, and I'll be like, well, tell them about me and, you know, give them the address here. And most of them eventually write me a letter, um, Oh yeah, there's been you know, several. There's been several inmates or guards whose wives divorced them for you, right. and they would still ha- they still come to the not, prison to visit, but to see you, not them. Right. You know, I have the ideal male build. You know, six two, two seventy. I got a back like a steroid pit bull. And, it looks like the side of a mountain. Right. It's just you know that's very appealing for a lot of people. Also, my intensity and psychosexual ferocity, frankly make some people impossible. It's impossible to resist me. And I don't blame them. I don't blame the husbands. And if they try to attack me, I will defend myself. But I will not put another body in the ground. No more bodies for Gary. Well, you've also sworn to only marry one woman now, and that's Kate Hudson, your favorite. Right. Right. Uh, Big fan. You can see the poster behind... Well, I guess this is a radio show, so they can't... They can't see it. Gary has a big poster that he specifically requested... It is a, uh, you know, I've been trying to locate this movie for a long time. I've been trying to, like, get guards and stuff like this. And, you know, it's a no-go on VHS. All the VHS copies Oh, they, I don't believe they made it on yeah. VHS. The last VHS, yeah, I think, I'm was looking for it History on of Violence with, uh, you know, Viggo Mortensen. I don't believe this film. Right. Maybe it came out on VHS. If it did, I, didn't, I have no... I haven't located any hints of it. I'm looking for it on DVD. You, me, and Dupree. Been looking for that DVD for a while, despite us not even having a You've DVD You've never even player. seen the movie. 
No, I haven't. I love the poster, though. It looks hilarious, you know? Yeah, the blonde guy, you got Kate Hudson, Matt and then Dillon. you got Dupree. Well, the blonde guy is Dupree. Dupree, I believe. That's Owen Wilson. Yeah. You know, who's to say between how far well, I've we seen know the movie. I've, Kate I've... Hudson could be Dupree? You know, we haven't seen it. We're still trying to find it. I've seen the movie. You know, all we have is a VHS play. We got a VCR. We got one of those little VCR TVs. We have a few movies that I like to watch. We have that VH. We have the yeah, VCR. Yeah, yeah, dig them up. Dig them up. We, got, we got the. We got the, here. We got the uh, Dragon Ball Z, the first Dragon Ball Z movie ever. Which you're a big uh, fan you know, of. I, I enjoyed it. it. It's inspired me a lot in physical being, and not only you know this is kind of my, where my journey began from just purely physical to uh, spiritual, metaphysical because they have to channel so much energy, and I thought truly right. believe that I had that energy within me. And, but you, you watched know, it for the first time, and then within a week, you had bleached your hair bright blonde, like platinum blonde. You well, said, you know, it's be like not those- too hard. To get hydrogen peroxide in here, you know, you can get it from the weapons from the metal shop. Uh, you can get it from, you know, if you go to the, uh, you know, the nurses station and you lie about, you know, having a, you know, infected big toe or something, then you just rub your toe over your hair. You get the sooner or later you'll get enough. They can't deny you medical care. You know, it sucked that I had to purposely keep getting my toe infected, but sooner or later I was able to be blonde. Well, I thought it looked good. It kind of like it, f- it faded pretty quickly, and your hair was kind of yeah, like that did, weird, like orange, well. kind of burnt color. But you know, I mean, you got some of that quality quality dye for your birthday. Yeah, it made, I mean, it thanks, made me feel shout out to right Ken again. Time, but yeah, thanks, Ken. It looked cool. Yeah, Gary, Gary, he uh, he does a lot. I mean, Gary, he makes stuff in shop. He'll go and he'll make weapons. Uh, he makes like he'll make claymores, gladiuses. Well, I can't do that anymore. They they definitely they definitely. Oh, they always like they always take them away. He made a P ninety once, which they were like kind of just like shocked. Right. Um, You know when he, he, but I don't understand what the big deal was because I wasn't able to make any bullets. I just made the P ninety, a carbon copy P ninety. Beautiful thing. Took me a couple weeks, but you know now they really monitor what books I'm checking out and all that. You know. Read yeah. a lot about the Manhattan Project. They got rid of all those because I kept asking for heavy water. They got it, suspicious it just, pretty fast. Right. But, when you know, I when still you're like, think, given when, the right When tools, you were requesting Ken get you some plutonium, he's like, where the hell am I going to get some plutonium? Right. And I said, uranium's fine too, Ken. But, you know, Ken, Ken, for as good as he is, he's a little bit of a pussy sometimes. Oh, uh, he's young. He'll, he'll, you know, I mean, he's still learning. You know, I could, you know, I got the hookup if I could, you know, I could go get, I can get anything but plutonium. I figured Ken could get some plutonium. If I was on the outs, I could get plutonium in a millisecond. Oh, yeah. Well, you made a... It's like I haven't even enriched it yet. What am I going to do with pl- plutonium, uranium that's not enriched? Well, know, the, part, I need the heavy one. There was a time when, all... when Warden Socrates, he caught, he found out that you made me that buster sword, you know? For Valentine's Day. Can you Day. imagine how mad he would have been if I made you the gun blade you asked for? Well, he found the Buster Sword, and like his punishment was he made Gary make him a batch of his famous snickerdoodles, which Gary makes on only super special occasions. So he knew he had them. It's right. like, oh, gotcha. Right. It's like, oh, I got to make the snickerdoodles for the warden. You know, I don't trust that elf. He's always hiding something. He's well, always warden, up there. Warden Socrates, he... uh you know, he always has a way to get get something he wants out of Gary. And, like, Gary does send him 
Miss Family Christmas cards, but he sends right. everyone you know, Christmas we're cards. good friends. We're good friends, but we're, like, better rivals. Well, he doesn't trust because him because he believes that he's just after magic because he thinks he's an addict. He's trying to siphon his magic, so... I just I don't, don't understand. trust that warden. Yeah, you'll understand when you're older. The um, thing about the warden else, is it's always been, in... like, a chess game. This whole prison is just a large chess game between me and him, you know? And he'll get upset that I got Ken in his pocket, and I'm a really good lawyer, and I defended Ken when he tried to get fired unjustly. And he, he gets really upset that I just have so much control well, you the over bar. the prison. I passed the bar, yeah. It was no pride, and you study for a couple weeks, you know? He, uh... I got nothing else to do. I don't understand You what got a few murderers off here, just by defending them. Right, just because you know, if you're gonna follow due process, follow due process. You, you could, know, you are you could gonna probably get me uh, released, but at this point, I kind of don't want to leave. So, well, you know, you've already had the conviction. I could, I could probably get you an appeal in for a couple of years, but you know, I could probably knock it down from life if you really wanted. But, jeez, the well, retainer I mean, like, on that alone—you'd eh. have to give me so many ding dongs. Oh yeah, that's no problem though. Um, what else we got? We have, uh, we have the Dragon Ball Z movie. We also have, uh, one of Gary's favorites, Jingle All the Way, Schwarzenegger. It's a good movie. It's like, not everything has to be heavy, folks. Not everything has to be combat or violent. You know? You just get Arnold Schwarzenegger, try to get a toy. It's fun. It's funny. You thought that the, uh, the jetpack in the movie that he had was real, like a real device, and you wanted to get the props. The movie props. Why wouldn't it be? We got planes. How hard is it to make a plane fly? It's really hard. They weigh at least twice as much as humans. Why can't we get a human to fly with the jetpack? It makes sense. I guarantee you get me down in that machine shop. You get me some, uh, I don't know, some kind of amateur jet fuel. You get me a few weeks of tinkering and proper electrical equipment, Ken. Not none of the discount shit from Home Depot. I can build, I could get a jetpack. Give me a couple books. I could do that. Well, you have like this obsession with, uh, I don't know, like jet fuel. But I mean, I ha- one of the crimes I heard you're in here for is I heard you snuck, you snuck into NASA and you were a stowaway on a mission and they didn't catch you until they were in orbit. And then they had to turn it around, you know, as soon as possible to bring you back. Um, I also heard you stole Christmas presents from the mall to give to orphans, which maybe it all maybe that's why all this stuff with like Jingle all the way and like your love of it. What do you want me to say? Well, I don't know. Is it true that you you posed as a doctor and you performed a heart transplant as on someone successfully? That is true, but it wasn't illegal at the time. I did that in the prison jail. After the riots, because they were shorthanded. And because they had lockdown, they weren't letting uh, Dr. Tobias in. And I know he was the only guy who could do that. You can't t- trust uh, you know, Dr. Johnson in there. He's got a shaky hand. You know, so I knew that uh, the, the general prison structure operates on a very, you know, you know poor schedule. And, and one of the guys that got stabbed in that riot was, uh, I think it was... Carlos Hernandez, who was the head of the MS-13 here. So you got Carlos Hernandez, who, if he dies, is going to set off a whole riot. And then you got the Latin Kings, and you got, you know, I don't know what his name is. He just calls himself Mr. 8-Ball, and he's got that big face tattoo, you know? And I knew that if Ramirez went down, those Latin Kings were going to try to just storm the other cell block. So honestly, yeah, I explained myself to the warden, 
and I showed him that I successfully performed heart surgery. And, you know, he just let me go. Made me make him a batch of uh, snickerdoodles. So it's not, it's not a big deal. It really isn't. Oh, I mean, the that s- one's true. snickerdoodles isn't even the half of what you make in here. I mean, you make all kinds of, uh, what we what we call the culinary arts. You know, yeah, like I a got, master you know, chef of the prison. You gotta, you know, after a few years, if you want to eat good, you have to kind of figure it out, you know? Well, Gary showed me how to make prison <sighs> subway, which is what he calls it. And that's kind of a process, but once you get the hang of it, it's way not hard. It's yeah, delicious. prison subway... Prison Subway is definitely kind of like a go-to Friday night staple for a lot of guys around here, you know? And uh, you're the only person I taught how to make it, you know? And that's so, you know, if by the grace of God I pass on or something like that, then you have, uh, you know, that in your pocket, that you're going to be the next man around here because you make Prison Subway. Well, you got you got all kinds of stuff. You got Prison Subway, you have Prison Pizza Hut, you make your Prison, prison Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, mean, a lot of the classics... Uh, involves a lot of bags, a lot of like ramen packets, and a lot of ramen. Any flour-based thing, ramen, ramen with a little bit of water. You smash it flat. You get a nice working dough out of it. Most uh, most places, if you're a trustee, lie you get a hot plate. So we're able to run the hot plate here. You run the hot plate on that. You kind of use like any kind of bedpan or anything you can find to kind of see both sides. Get a little thing like that. You get the deli meat going from the sandwiches you save from lunch. Uh, Monday is usually turkey. Wednesday is uh, bologna, and Thursday is usually sliced chicken. And you can take that, and that's essentially a subway club. Get some lettuce and tomatoes through canned chili peppers or whatever, and then you throw the other piece of bread on that. Boom! Prison subway. You know. Cotton cigarettes. Make like that. That uh, the prison, the prison Wendy's chili making the toilet, which you said is clean you, because the water is fresh when you flush it, so it's fine. Right, it's clean as long as you keep cleaning it, and as long as we aren't making the pear hooch in it. Oh, the pear. Gary has a. Uh, Gary's been growing a secret pear tree in the prison for years. Don't, yeah, he, he has. I, he will not know, reveal the location. I haven't even admitted. This is you talking. I haven't even admitted that it exists. Right. He says that the pear tree doesn't exist. The guards, the warden, have been after this pear tree. They've been looking for, for me. Years. They invite me to his office. I go up there. Off, you know, Warden Socrates. He is smoking a large cigar with his feet up in a nice wooden room on a desk. He is a tall, lengthy man, around six one, one hundred and thirty. Long he has ears, long pointy ears. Right, long hair. That's like I know he's an elf. I mean, I know he's an elf. He's not. He has the. He probably has the nicest hair I've ever seen. Right, in a ponytail, long blonde ponytail, cashmere in silk, just like it's 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 voluptuous. But I know that he is not a human being. He is a fantasy elf, right? And you know that's a secret between me and him that I am constantly telling people he's an elf. You know he's an elf, right? No one ever believes me. But, you know, it doesn't matter. He invites me up there. He goes, you know, he goes, Gary, Gary. And this is, not, you know, it's my voice still. I can't emulate his voice. It's very, like, he thinks he's better than you. Gary, where's your pear tree? Gary, where's your pear tree? He kind of has a voice where he talks very, he talks very deliberately in the way he says his words. And he considers Gary, what he's going to where's your pear say. tree? Where's your pear tree, Gary? And he keeps asking and me he'll, this, you know. It's more like, well, it's, I mean, like, it's more like, Gary, when are you going to tell me when your pear tree is? And I go, I go, Mr. Socrates, what pear tree? And then I wink at him, and he gets so red. 
you so ready sends me back down, you know, and he wants to send me to solitary, but I know he's not gonna, because then I'll, I told him you sent me to solitary, never getting the snickerdoodles again. Well, the one time he the one time he sent you to solitary, that's where you saw, you know, the orc that you claim. And this is when my theory started formulating. Um, as you know, I've been a long proponent through multiple face of the Book of Uncle Rick. In which an orc and an elf are prominently mentioned as powerful forces within the universe. And so I had uh, I had kind of a revelation, right? He was in solitary, and I see from the back. And now he's not the only orc I've seen here. I see from the back a pure teal green man with a uh, pronounced brow. Standing at about five foot ten, not the biggest, mind you, but I figure, you know, an orc's an orc. And he turns to me somewhat, and he's got all red face tattoos and green skin. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. And I'm start crawling through, I start picking, clawing at the walls trying to get to him. But, you know, it's solitary, so you just, I was sitting there, tortured. I'm sure, you know, also Socrates, one Socrates, did that on purpose to torment me. But, you know, what are you going to do? I saw an orc, and I know orcs are real, and they are mentioned in the book of Uncle Rick. And this has helped to formulate my recent development into the Baha'i faith and my evolution and understanding of orcs and what I believe is a government-supported cloning facility underneath Terhaw Federal Supermax. You know, I tell the one this, he ignores me, he keeps asking about the pear tree, right? He's never going to find the fucking pear tree, ever. So stop looking, Warden, if you're listening well, on your radio. What I've, what I've gathered from your writings and your notes and your, you make a lot of, you make a lot of maps and diagrams. And from what I've seen, I can, it seems that beneath the prison in here, the Terra Hot Federal Supermax, there are a good amount of ley lines, which have to all lead to what I assume is the pear tree. Which you haven't, me, you haven't confirmed to me let because me you says way. you'll talk to me about this when the time is right. But I believe the time is right. And, you know, why not? Why can't you tell me? Why can't, what's, let, wh- okay. Who am I going to tell, Gary? Okay. I'm your protege. All right. All right. All right. It's about time you know. Two years, you know, it was a bit early. I thought the pear tree was a five-year talk. All right. Terre Haute Federal Supermax was built where it was because two powerful ley lines ran horizontally and vertically through it. Now, Terre Haute was planned at the center of this. However, during the construction, a lot of this knowledge was lost, especially as it has been revamped and redeveloped throughout the years. Now, when you say you see many ley lines, most of those ley lines are just tendrils of the true lines of power. Oh, like, vein, like veins? Like a network? Right. Right. Okay. And the two main veins of magic... That's what ley line is to layman. Uh, ley lines have converged. I believe that the top layer, it's at, um, I think cell block C is on the top layer. But that doesn't see much effects because I've managed to siphon most of the power out of it. Because if not, that was why, you know, in the 70s, in the 60s, when I was, you know, not hadn't figured this stuff out yet, that... uh. There's so many riots and mutations and, and, and apparitions appealing. People thought the jail was haunted. Now, I was able to sneak down there because simply there's forgotten levels of the jail 
that have been built upon and built upon and built upon. You go down to an old sewer level and find the old boiler room of the initial uh, Federal Supermax in the 60s, you will find a small plot of grass. I was able to use the heat and the magic energy to build a pear tree with the seed I was able to take from the yard. Through this, over the course of years, I've been able to grow a pear tree. The pear that tree. That is uh, infused with blue leaves and pure magical from, energy. We're able to, in turn, make pear hooch, which right. can get us extremely drunk. And oh. it also gives you visions. If and you visions. drink enough of the pear hooch, I mean, get the, the first, my first experience, really experience with the pear hooch is I was asleep. I had passed out from drinking too much, which was, I mean, Gary will just, he would just ply me with it. So I drank about two gallons of pear hooch that night, which is a lot. It's about 25% alcohol, so it's quite a bit to drink. But he insisted. And while I was asleep and passed out, he gave me a tattoo of a Rastafari Beavis, which I still have. It's on my left bicep. It's a good and tattoo. I was very upset at the time, but I have grown to accept it as part of myself. And I'm now thankful that Gary tattooed me with a Rastafari Beavis. You know, that same night, I also gave myself a tattoo, you know. So it wasn't just like me picking on you. I thought it was you like have a, a lot of tattoos. Night. Which one did you give yourself that night? You never told me that. Uh, it is a Calvin tattoo. Where Calvin is... Um, well, you know, Calvin is uh, African American. It's an African American Calvin, and he is pissing it's all on the right. He is pissing on the Chevy trucks logo. I do not know why I made Calvin African American, and I don't really have anything against Chevy. I just think it was the first thing that came to mind. Now, Gary has um, he has a lot of routines uh, from what he's taught me. Um, there's times where we have to take time for ourselves and be by ourselves and it's very important you know a lot of <clears throat> late at night Gary can be found roaming the ramparts of the prison right and he'll be wearing just his checking in on the guards he'll be walking around alone he'll be wearing his Beats by Dre that he got for Christmas and he'll be listening you know to sta- favorite groups stuff like the Commodores or Roy Orbison Linkin Park Jewel right just his favorite artist. I have a wide variety, you know. No, you got good taste. Um, I'll, right. I'll, a lot of the time I'll be back at uh, in our cell. I'll be reading up on sigils or incantations Gary told me to memorize, which I'm like just now starting to get my head wrapped around. But You um, got to get your sigils. Well, Gary is heavy into chaos magic, which I had no idea existed until I, uh, until I started you know, living here as well, a resident. Well, I always tell you. You can't learn your chaos magic. Giles, you can't learn the chaos magic till you learn your curses. You know, you gotta get your curses down. You can control half this jail with curses. I still have a lot. I mean, there's a, they, they got an extensive library here, which is, for some reason, the library in the prison at the Federal Supermax. You know, the, the shelves have to be about 20 feet high, all wooden mahogany. There's leather... Bound books, there's giant leather uh, barca loungers and couches, and there's little green lamps on desks, you know, with like gold plate. Um, and yeah, there's, it's nice. there's big ladders that slide along the shelves so you can 
And there's they have you all these You gotta go to the western tomes. section. They have these you old go tomes to the western section. And lexicons and, and you know grimoires that Gary has said, you know, no one reads all this stuff, but he's read all of them. You gotta learn to teach yourself Eldritch first. I'm learning, I'm working on it. I mean, I'm still I haven't even gotten I haven't even gotten through the Kabbalah. I haven't, you know, finished learning Farsi or Arabic. And you insist I learn all this stuff, but it's like, it's a lot to learn, Gary. I don't have your mind. Hey, you got nothing but time, kid. That's why we're here. That's true. I, 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 we spend a lot of time, um, you know, like I said, we spend time alone, but we also spend time together. We, we have a computer room where we'll all play Diablo 2 together. And Gary has been making duplicate items for years now, and no one has figured it out. It's called he, duping. He dupes items and he scams all the other inmates out of gold or whatnot or other really good items. He says the SOJs are the key. Yeah. I mean, the only downside is that, you know, all the gold piece takes up individual inventory slots. So after a while, you just got to leave your gold laying around. Well, you don't even need it at this point. You just do it to, to like mess with people, I feel like. Well, you know, it's important to stay sharp, and in every new reality that I inhabit, whether it be digital or otherwise, or magical or spiritual, I feel the need to kind of assert my superiority. Gary found out, what well, on the computers we use, they're kind of old, but he just found out last month what memes are, and ever since... Oh he my just, god, he keeps, wonderful. He keeps making some in MS Paint. He make like, it's usually just something like, you know, a picture like Hulk Hogan, and it says like getting even with my ass or like fuck Elvis stuff like that. And I don't understand them, but Gary thinks they're hilarious. And he turns fuck Elvis. <laughs> he starts sweating and laughing so hard and coughing really hard. Oh, the best meme I made was the undertaker picture of the undertaker. And it said, they call me Mr. Pussy. It's, it's very good. Gary, you're it's very fucking good. hilarious. You're getting very oh, good. Okay. I'm sorry, Gary I can't has, cuss, Gary has, can't cuss been, on the radio. I apologize. He has a lot of different hobbies. He's written dozens of novels over the years. Um, but my you, novels, my religious writings, his my novels are all leadership. about you know like fourteen page, fourteen hundred pages plus. So they're right. pretty extensive. I've written uh, I've written five books. Um, in almost every book, I am the main star. A, a version of Gary the Blade Shanice, who is a CIA operative. Um, my first book was called Gun to Kill You. And that was kind of like a spy thing. And uh, it's with me and my best friend, who is also a CIA agent, Hakim Olajuwon. It's not his, really him. his real-life best friend. I'm his real-life best friend. But in the novels, that's his best friend. Right. Um, I have to recruit him from the NBA because there's a terrorist using low post moves. Yeah, it's a weak premise, but it's my first book. So what am I, what are you going to do? I thought it was know? very good. Right. Uh, my follow-up book, which was the shortest book I ever written at 600 pages, was essentially that I saw a James Bond movie for the first time, and I wanted to do that. So the first one's called An Officer and the Ho, and that one's mostly pornographic, I will admit. This is... Early on in the Shanice uh, legacy. This is probably late 80s. Um, I did another. It was know, a sign of the times. You know, everyone right. was kind of just doing that kind of writing. Or, 
I'm not saying you're uh, trendy, but I would say you're a trendsetter. You kind of started right. that whole thing. So Right. There's a lot of people uh, who, who really like your books. I mean, Mark Wahlberg will frequently visit us because he got... Good friend of Mark. He became interested in Mark through his novels, but now Mark will visit us, and I guess he has apparently applied his Gary's teachings to his own Catholicism, which right. is He's, definitely I, I not him. Got him. He's definitely a very good uh, practicing Catholic, and it's not just him trying to identify as a Irish Bostonian, and he's definitely not full of shit. But right. Mark will visit us often, and he said that Gary's work was his main inspiration for his role in the movie Shooter, and right. that's why we have the poster of Shooter in our in our cell. Right, right next to you, me, and Dupree, which you, me, and Dupree still get center booking, baby. Uh, I will say that Mark is a good friend of mine. I have taught him a lot. And uh, he is talking about turning my fourth book, um, I Love the Bitch Who Killed Me, into a major feature film. And, <laughs> and, and he wanted I'm really to play you. He that. wanted to play you, Gary the Blade Shanice. Right. I told him he's a natural Olajuwon, and he will not listen to me. I told him, then if you're not going to play Olajuwon, you have to get Hakeem Olajuwon. But he says he's too old now. Well, and, uh, I think the reason why this movie hasn't been made yet is because of all the Scientologists in Hollywood. I mean, they've been after you for right. years. They've been after Gary for years because of his his teachings and what he preaches right. and his entire life perspective is very threatening to them. Or I think they want to recruit him to lead them. So I'm not quite sure. They've been very like vague. It's been very hard to read. But they've been they trying to get... They definitely want me. I don't know why. I'm not it's, sure. It's, 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 it's perturbing. Um, I think some of it has to do with my fifth novel in which I describe the uh, main villain. I describe him as looking like Tom Cruise. And the villain, well, the book is named after the villain. The book is called Mr. Headshot and the Fuck You Gang. And that was kind of like a gangbanger CIA novel where I'm trying to incorporate multiple different uh, angles to kind of, you know, push some paper, you know, and make some money while I'm here. Well, the fifth one was kind of an interesting turn because it was almost like Nicolas Cage's National Treasure series, which are some very fun, very fun movie. It's like a mix between National Treasure and The Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code, also right. a great movie starring Tom Hanks, but it was almost like those, but you, Gary the Blade Janice, is a CIA agent, but he's trying to find the very first Playboy, the very first copy of Playboy. Right. No one knows when Playboy was created, and uh, it's a real horny mystery, but, you know, downplay it on the horny because uh, Mr. Headshot is a widow. Right. So it's Samba as well. We have a, you're a book lover, obviously. You've read all the, you know, you've read all the classics. You're very well read. You wrote your dissertation on Ulysses by James Joyce, but wonderful, wonderful. Every novel. week, Gary Very and long. I host a book club. It's our Hardy boys book club that we host in the prison where we hold in-depth discussions of the numerous amounts of the classic youth, our young adult novels. And, you know, I think we can agree that, you know, the Hardy boys is probably the best series ever made. Pretty. I mean, it's really solid material. Uh, I think when it comes to books, I've read Ulysses, read uh, 
I've read Infinite Jest. I've read all those big nerd books that all those nerds like. And um, when it comes to books, don't overthink it. Hardy Boys. It's fine. Well, you don't you gotta told, be the smartest guy that in the you, room. You know, Ulysses or Infinite Jest, those are great books, but you also said you found just as much meaning in Goosebumps or Animorphs. Right. Which I found super enlightening. You don't need uh, a lot of fancy words to think a lot of fancy thoughts. Well, yeah, an idea can be put very simply or very well articulated. Um, I've been working on getting us Google Fiber so Gary and I can stream from our cell and we can, you know, stream our practices, our rituals. Uh, Gary can preach to the entire world. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it sounds good to me. You just do the talking, all right? That's what you're good at. You let me set up all the techie nerd stuff. That's what I'm good at. And you know, in the meantime, we can get you know donations. We get some little bit of, a little bit more cash. I know your your bank. You have right. You know, people can send you money through JPay, but in your bank, you you have millions of dollars. I'm flushed. But you say you don't know. You don't even know what to do with because you said right. that you have no use for money anymore. But. Members of my church, my former church, uh, guys like you know Reed Gimble gave me. Oh, Reed Gimble, great, great guy, great guy, hundred thousand. He was the reason why. Oh, I wanted to start uh, doing a podcast because he had a podcast, uh, Paragons of Truth. It's very good. I haven't Check heard it out. of it. I haven't well, heard of it. Um, it's about well, now it's about the the theory of the hollow earth, which I think he got from you, or maybe well, you were I, the I was preaching that for a while, but I've recently. I'm back to flat. I'm pretty sure it's flat, and I'm pretty sure most everything is an elfish conspiracy. And it's and everything is an effort to oppress the orcs. Right. I well, you look at guys here. You look at you look at amateur cloning that's been going on. Gucci Mane was here, the rapper Gucci Mane. I don't know much about rap. I knew he had an ice cream tattoo on his face. So I you know I was in the I was in the thing. I whipped him up some prison ice cream out of ice cubes and milk, and uh, he seemed quite pleased with that. And uh, I know that the man on the TV. That's Gucci Mane now. Well, that, not the one the that they present man. now that's is not... apparently sober, which I can't right. believe for a second. No, because he drank so much pear hooch while he was here. I am 90% sure that if I go down to solitary, I will find the real Gucci Man, along with multiple orcs and also Al-Qaeda terrorists, which are kept here in Indiana for some reason. Osama bin Laden has definitely had visions from pear hooch. Osama bin Laden is definitely here. They lied about him dying. They're trying to clone him so they Saddam can make Hussein him Saddam Hussein is here. They took him here too. Uh, Timothy uh, McVeigh Bashir wasn't a killed. Assad is here. The the Columbine shooters, Tim and Eric. Tim and Eric, they're here. Tim and Eric are here. They count as one inmate. They sleep in bed together. It's weird to me. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of people are here. Uh, Billy Crystal. He's a Billy Crystal's here. here. He was a CIA snitch. Um, Jared Fogel's here. He makes the worst prison subway in the world. Ironically, oh, we got beef with we got beef with uh we got beef with Fogel because we we have a prison bingo and he cheats. He cheats and like Gary, a dog. Gary takes his bingo very seriously. He tries to take multiple cards. He tries to. He tries to. He cheats, and then he and then he tries to take the fruit, the gift baskets that we want to win. And then you're not going to get that soap you like that comes with the soap bars. I'm pretty sure he's going to wind up dead if he keeps trying that. Not by me, of course, but of people that respect me. Yeah, watch yourself, Fogel. This isn't. 
You know, like he's he's proclaiming himself like a sovereign citizen. He doesn't. Right. Hey, we're all we're all he's bound to the law like of the, the United all, States of know, America, pal. You're no different. It's not the all boys review, Vogel. You're this not is special. prison with men. You're gonna You're end prison, up sucker. You're here for life. If I would have met Vogel thirty years ago, I would have turned him into cat food by now. But I'm a changed now, man. I'm a changed man. We have other things to focus on. Uh, Gary, the first night that I came here, I was very nervous. Um, and he took me in. He was, I was, I'm a cellmate. And I was very intimidated seeing this giant, you know, giant structure of a man. He looked like a building. But what he did was he gave me his pillow on his first night. And he said he could sleep on the cold floor like a little baby. Which it's exactly how I said he, it as well. Which what he did, he did do that to prove his point. And he was, I was sucking my thumb and everything. Two minutes, and he was on the floor sucking his thumb, snoring. And you know what? I slept like a baby too, because I was like, you know what? This ain't so bad. I mean, the thing with jail is that everyone assumes it sucks, and they don't want to go here. But we have fun night. We have a movie night, you know. Oh, we watch Granted, your favorites like The Postman, Field of Dreams, Waterworld. Well, yeah, that's me and yours movie night, but the Friday night movie night where they bring out everybody out of the cells to oh, watch a movie. Oh, yeah. And they always make us they always make us watch the same movie, The Animatrix. I am so fucking sick of watching The Animatrix. I think it's kind of cool. I've done so much of my power to try to get a different movie night. Well, you keep saying movie to, watch, movie to play night. the Matrix too, because you like those those guys in it. But I want I like those albino guys that fight and fist fight and do gun kata. They have, I like that stuff. They got that those cool locks and those long white coats. They got the it's, sunglasses. It's Dragon Ball Z with guns. That's what they hit, they the Matrix stuff is. is in cool. unison. Yeah, you right. like that stuff. The Animatrix is different. You know, like Animatrix you don't have any problem sucks. with anime or the Matrix, but you don't think it's a good mix. All the, just the worst. A, a combination that is far less than the sum of its parts. Um, the thing is, the most complicated political action in jail, I have negotiated peace treaties between many gangs. I have spoken on behalf of, you know, the prisoners on riots when we have demands and needs and we want to talk to the media. I have done this on multiple occasions and I have never found any difficulty finding some common ground. But the fact of trying to get the Animatrix off of Friday Night Movie Night has been hell to me. It's my greatest, greatest thing. It's like the grand unification theory, but for prison. Well, they accommodate with so many things, but they won't, they won't budge on this one. And we all, we know it leads up, just, it, it's got to lead back to Warden Socrates, because... It's got to lead back to Socrates, but it goes through the Latin Kings. Because MS-13 is sick of the Animatrix, too. But the Latin Kings love it. Latin Kings can't get enough of it. I try going through Folks Nations. I try going through the BDs of the GDs, and they're neutral on the issue. Some of them like the Animatrix. Some of them don't. Some of them like having the same thing every night. Some of them ally with the Latin Kings just out of necessity because they know that the Latin Kings like it. Right? And MS-13 is the only one. And the Aryan Aryan Brotherhood, they don't complain at all because they like anime. I mean, every chance they get, they're on those computers. The computer room, they're all streaming stuff. Like little slice-of-life animes and stuff like Lucky Star. They're just obsessed with it, and I don't understand. Homestuck. Oh, yeah, the, the Aryan Brotherhood is... They get really mad stuff. if you call them the Anime Brotherhood. You should try it. It's really funny. 
It's funny, though, because they're kind of branching out now into animated stuff. And the Aryan Brotherhood lately, you know, if you go to the mess hall and you, like, walk by and you hear them, like, they're going nuts over the Steven Universe stuff, which I don't get because <laughs> it kind of promotes stuff like, you know, lesbians and things like that, which they I thought would be totally against, but apparently they eat it up. They're all getting tattoos of Steven Universe. And it's kind of, a, it's kind of bizarre to me. I mean, I don't, you know... I'm not going to bash anyone's like artistic, uh, you know, preferences. On our on one of the walls in our cell, I I've done a mural. I've I've kind of taken to art while here in the uh, in the clink, and I got a uh, I did a mural of me and Gary, and it's in the style of Michelangelo's creation, but Gary is he's like in the god's place and he's surrounded by orcs and he's wearing power armor. And he's passing me a kunai throwing blade that he made in shop. And I have like <laughs> kind of like a cool mustache in it because I can't grow one in real life. And I liked it. Like Gary says it's the best thing he's ever seen. It's really cool. I really like how I'm flanked by the orcs. So that, I'm not going to bash anyone's artistic preferences. It's just I don't, I, I don't, like Steven I don't Universe, understand, I don't understand it, it. It is definitely like uh, they try to make Steven Universe drawings where his head's shaved and he's got a swastika on his forehead but at the end of the day he is still like a you know cartoon that's a personified polyamorous bisexual relationship um right now speaking of, of the orcs uh i know that one of the principal reasons i was excited about you setting this up was uh if i would have the right to read some of the passages oh yes i wanted to, we wanted to save this kind of for for last yeah i mean if that's okay now if you have anything else yeah yeah, yeah 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 go ahead um i'd like to start by saying a few basic things about my baha'i faith um on the descendants of baha'i i gary the blade Shanice, i'm the latest line in a messenger Messengers of God sent to unify the land under a cohesive, unified culture and language. Now, right. Baha'i speaks highly of peace and, 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 and a world unified world where everyone is able to communicate, pass knowledge, be educated freely. And part of this is an understanding take of multiple while you're, religions. While you're, while you're saying this, my... Yeah, go ahead, please. Um, uh, Baha'i is here, and it, it, and I have preached from the book of Uncle Rick, which is a lost book of the Old Testament. And uh, I'm going to read a few passages here, and if you have any comments, any questions, Giles, please please ask me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, first, the first passage I'd like to read is from um, a subset of the book of... This is the book of Uncle Rick Reloaded, which is... Uh, Part of like a, uh, a message from God I've had rewriting parts of the book of Uncle Rick for my new faith. Um, as I have felt the Holy Word and the Holy Spirit, just like my contemporaries in Jesus, uh, Muhammad, and uh, Abraham. Which Abraham, I'd like to also talk in my research, he was the first prisoner. He was the first trustee. And through that, he was able to talk to God because he had so much free time and that a cactus talked to him or whatever. You know how it is. You know how the old story goes about Abraham. The first reading is from the Book of Corn Flavor. And when I saw the shellfish appear in front of me, glowing, tempting me to eat it, 
and I felt the homosexuality burning inside of me, rising up. And in that moment appeared the orc, boiling in green rage, who destroyed the shrimp and gave me a hang ten sign. I gasped, and the orc wiped the sweat from his brow and said, Hot enough for you? The implications of this go back to Old Testament rules about what we should follow and how we have turned from that way. And the youth today are getting autism and homosexuality from eating shrimp, shrimp cocktail, and barbecue shrimp. I'd like to move on to the next passage, the book of pork salt rub. And when man appeared before God and saw God's splendor, he turned to God and said, Not bad. God was pleased, and he blessed the man with salt flavor, the flavor that complemented both sweet and spicy. And man was pleased and asked for a hot tub, which he was also given by God for being pleased. And that one's mostly for flavor. You got to have some fillers in the Bible. Not everything can be Exodus, you know? But mostly what this shows is that all flavors we have, whether it be shrimp ramen, which is evil, or beef ramen, which is good, all flavors are given to us by God. Uh, this has one. This passage is something that I try to read to Warden Socrates daily. I will bust up into his room. I'm really good at the air vents, and I can come in there and wait under his desk before he gets into work. And as soon as he walks through the door, I'll start preaching, and he'll just go, Oh, this again. This is the book of bold barbecue flavor. The elf appeared before the orc and said, We are one. Just as God created shellfish and elves, he created orcs in bold barbecue flavor. He put this flavor into chips and these orcs into the earth, and all was good. The orc countered, Does not God create both the gamer and the game? Is God not responsible for both you, me, and Dupree? Did God not make Diablo 2? I will invite you to the hot tub of peace and drink the pear hooch of knowledge with you. That's important to understand as a man, because while the elf is a force of evil, there is balance in the universe because he was also created by God. And that is something that one Socrates will never understand because he has a secret lab that is cloning orcs and putting them in jail. And I don't know why. The book of fake grill marks on a Tyson microwave chicken. In the great clearing on Mount Sinai, Abraham kneeled before his son, knife in hand. He steadied the blade and channeled the might of God. In this instant, he was transformed into the first orc, Abraham Al Orc, and went to the grocery store to buy an entire rotisserie chicken. The Book of Hustler's Big Jugs. An orc was traveling on a gravel road. Well, before I get into this, I'd like to say that this is, this is my final passage. And this is kind of the home run piece that when I do a sermon and I, I, I am preaching Baha'i to whatever, you know, race of people is Baha'i. I don't even know. Whenever I'm there, this is my home run one, and I'm leaving right after, and the, the, the neon lights are going up, and Gary's going to his Camaro and driving home. This is in my hypothetical future when I'm not in jail. The Book of Hustlers Big Jugs. An orc was traveling on a gravel road with his bendel and a pair of carpenter jeans hanging unceremoniously off his enormous orc hips. 
He extended his thumb out to the sound of each passing motorcade, never turning his back to face each one. Forty-five miles from Tucson, he heard a car idled behind him. He knew the sound of a Hemi when he heard one. Once more than that, his eyes went white. He saw the future. He heard the sounds of a bra unclasping, of a beer can popping open, and the sound of a loose titty repeatedly slapping into a chain-link fence. Where are you headed, partner? The woman said. The orc's eight-pack abs glistened in the southwestern sun, and you could see the beads of sweat dripping one by one towards his triangle dick muscle. Ma'am, he said, placing a blade of straw in his mouth. God is real. Shellfish makes you autistic, and I'd like to get butt naked in the bed of your truck. I'd like to thank everyone for the time and listening to my radio show. I'm going to be the next Joel Austin. Or more. Probably or more. more. Thank you for reading those, Gary. Um, I guess let's see a good a good way to um, say it's a wrap. I guess for our uh, first podcast uh, or radio show, as Gary says, of our lives here and the Terra Hot Federal Supermax. Big shout out to my son Ken for providing the equipment. Is he your son? A big shout out to all the ley lines that have grown a pear tree underneath, and a big fuck you to Warden Socrates, who is illegally cloning both orcs and Gucci Mane. All right, Man. all right. Well, 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 we can use him. So just like this. I can cut that out, I think. I uh, promise to stop making Claymore mines in the metal shop at jail. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, we're going to go make dinner. So, Prison Subway. Goodbye. Bye.